Did you know that only 1% of podcasts average over 37,000 listens per episode? The rest are considered small podcasts by advertisers. And I'm here to tell you about Podio. Podio is here to help anybody that has under 37,000 listens, which is about 99% of podcasts, help you monetize your content. With Podio, you're able to be immediately connected to advertisers that fit your audience so that you can make money from your show and begin to monetize your podcast. Check out Podio at podgo.co to begin to find your audience and be connected with advertisers today. So let's start the show. Welcome back to the podcast industry. I'm your host, David. Today, I have another guest on the show. I have Daniel J. Lewis. If you are a podcast fan, you've definitely seen one of his projects. I definitely follow podcast insights all the time to be able to see the number of podcasts. We talk about it in our interview, but obviously, the podcast world just reached a benchmark of hitting 2 million shows, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to think out of the 2 million shows out there right now, you're listening to me. So thank you so much for taking the time. And it means a lot that you continue to support the show and Podgo. As I said in the intro, if you are a podcaster looking to monetize your content, definitely check out Podgo at podgo.co. I recorded this with Daniel on a new mic. Uh, This is a different mic than I use. I'm back to using my old mic because I didn't like the way it sounded. And... What can you do? There's always trials when you're going through changing up equipment, but you can hear uh, it picks up some of the street audio, so I apologize if I sound a little faint or distant. Nevertheless, it's still a great interview, so without further ado, here's my interview with Daniel J. Lewis. Daniel, thanks so much for taking the, the time today. Like I was saying, uh, before researching the podcast industry, your passion for podcasting really jumps off the page and you can hear it in all the projects you work in. So thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to talk with you about podcasting. Yeah, you know, I I don't even know where to start because you have so many projects, not even the the podcast you host, but you have the Audacity to Podcast, My Podcast Reviews. You just started uh, the Podcast Industry Insights. You have the Podcasters Society. Uh, so really, you are ingrained. I want to start with the Podcast Industry Insights just because we hit a milestone. You were the first one to really report that Apple Podcasts is now over 2 million podcasts. Yeah, and you can see these stats if you go over to podcastindustryinsights.com and click on the Apple Podcast link. I've been tracking this for now a couple years and really seeing the growth. And it's amazing that it was less than a year ago that we hit 1 million in Apple Podcasts. So the growth rate of podcasts is growing seemingly exponentially. And unfortunately, a lot of that is due to some pollution of what I call pod flashes, where it's a podcast that launches out there with one episode and then nothing. They haven't even faded yet because they didn't even really start with much momentum. So I call them a pod flash, like a flash in the pan. There are a lot of those, uh, particularly from free hosting providers. But besides that, there is still explosive growth in podcasting, especially since the government reactions to the pandemic. We've seen a lot of new podcasts being launched. And 
uh, many of them still continuing, not all of them, we're at about 37% have published or done anything in the last 90 days. But that's a pretty normal percentage, around 37 to 40% is what I normally see. Yeah, and that kind of goes into everything you do. I mean, now that the market is more saturated than ever, and I like to say, especially with Podgo and most of the people that are listening to this podcast are Podgo members that have a quote-unquote smaller audience, but how do you protect from burnout and how do you kind of cut through the clutter when nowadays, you know, 2 million shows, uh, even if only, you know, about 40% are active, how do you cut through the clutter? That's what everyone's, you know, thinking about now. Well, it's important to know that although there are 2 million shows, not all of them are publishing episodes actively. Like it's that 37% is about just a little over 750,000 shows have done anything in the last 90 days, including having launched. So that's yeah. the brand new podcast there as well. So that makes the pie smaller or the pond smaller. Then you think about how many podcasts have even published an episode recently, like in the last week, that's a much smaller number currently looking at 266,000 roughly podcasts within the last week have published any episode, including brand new podcasts. So that's much smaller. Then you think about, well, how many podcasts are in your genre or yeah. even more relevant, how many podcasts are covering your niche, whatever that is, sports, technology, uh, smart speakers, gaming, anything like that. How many other podcasters are in that niche that have published an episode in the last 77 days? And how many really have your perspective? So don't think of it in the terms of, oh, I'm just this tiny fish in a big pond. But think of it more of, I can reach a particular audience that will be interested in this particular thing. And so don't let the numbers give you burnout. Because if the numbers do give you burnout, and this might be a little hard to hear and accept. Yeah. But if the numbers give you burnout, then maybe you're podcasting about the wrong topic, or maybe you shouldn't be podcasting. That's something I think you need to consider if you're in that place where you're getting discouraged by the numbers and feel like quitting because of the numbers. But if you're in that place where you're talking about something you are truly passionate about, something that you would be willing to talk about for hours and hours, even if no one was listening, because when we first start our podcast, no one exactly. is listening. Yeah. That's when it's the passion that keeps you going. Now, I know there will be ups and downs. We all have that, especially I think entrepreneurs tend to have the ups and downs, kind of the bipolarness of the passion in the industry, where at one moment we think we're on the top of the world and the next moment we think we're utter failures and have imposter syndrome. That's 100%. normal to have some of that up and down. But the thing is, what's carrying you through it? Are you continuing to be interested in that industry? Do you want to continue talking about those topics that you discuss? That's what can carry you through. And sometimes it's just a matter of getting a little bit of momentum going, whether that's talking about that thing you talk about with some of your fans, conversing with them through email or doing a live thing on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Clubhouse, Twitter spaces, anything there's, there's like that. There's plenty of outlets to talk to people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all about doing something that reminds you of that passion that you have. Yeah. And if doing those things, you still feel like, I, I just, I'm not interested in this anymore, then there's your answer. 
then you can move to something else you can be more passionate about. Do you find that's kind of the most common mistake that new podcasters make, that they get too caught up in the numbers and too caught up in, in everything? And I guess the, the number one mistake outside of maybe some audio uh, issues or editing issues, um, just the mentality of, of podcasting? Absolutely. Expectations. I think a lot of podcasters have expectations, and I see primarily the expectations being in three different areas. One is that they'll make money from their podcast. Yeah. The other is that they'll get a big audience. And the other is that this will all be easy to do. Yeah. yeah. It takes work. And just like getting good at any kind of hobby takes work, getting good at a podcast, whether you're doing it as a hobby or as a business, takes work. And you have to have that right mindset to know this is going to take some time to really catch on and build the momentum. But as long as you are accomplishing other smaller goals along the way, like maybe it's simply having fun or connecting with an audience who likes that same subject, then that can carry you until you're reaching your bigger goals. Yeah, or the small wins like today for me, getting a great guest on the show is definitely those those, those wins that keep you going. Uh, Thank you. I, li I like to say that not everybody's gonna make a great podcast, but a great podcast can come from anywhere. So at yes. Podio, we're definitely helping the, the smaller ones uh, be able to make a little bit of profit from their work. Um, I've also found discoverability. You know, yes, as you get smaller and smaller, you have to make sure that you're talking to the, the right audience, uh, but getting discovered is sometimes hard. You have a great class on the SEO, uh, the search engine optimization of podcasting. What is, without giving away the, the secret sauce, uh, just kind of a teaser for someone that might want to even buy your class, what is the secret to getting discovered and discoverability for podcasts? Yeah, and I do hope to have an all-new version of the SEO for Podcasters course in 2021. Oh, awesome. The most important thing to think about, first you have to know how can SEO work for you? Like if you do an educational or an informative podcast where your main goal is to educate or inspire or provide information, then you can benefit a lot more directly from SEO if your podcast is more entertainment focused, where you want people to laugh from your podcast. That can be a little harder to use SEO, but there are still some ways that work for that as well. The most important thing, what it really all comes down to is, and this sounds so profound, but often I think people don't think of this, so it's a profound hidden secret, <laughs> is make episodes about what you want to be found for and then title those episodes appropriately. So if you have the cake baking podcast and you want to be found for best cake baking recipes, then make an episode that is my favorite cake baking recipes. So you've put that keyword in there, cake baking recipes, in the title of that episode. And that's something that you could even do every year. Best cake baking recipes of 2020, best cake baking recipes of 2021. It could be an annual thing that you do. Even other season, things best cake winter or summer exactly. probably, yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah because a lot of things do have seasonal cycles to them so yeah you could have winter themed cakes fall themed cakes summer themed yeah I, I love that idea so you want to make that content so it can be found for that thing instead of trying to think how can i make my podcast be found for these 100 different search terms i want to be found for think 
how can I make this one episode be found for one of these particular search terms I want to be found for, maybe a couple others with it. That's the most important thing, and then titling that appropriately because that title is what is searched most prominently in search engines, in many podcast apps. Sometimes the title is the only thing that's searched at the episode level. And the title is what shares out on social media and in other places. It's the first yeah. thing, the most prominent thing people will see. So that title needs to be descriptive and needs to contain the information that the episode is about. If you're on the other side of things where you are more entertainment focused, then you want to look at more the top level search engine optimization approaches of how can you describe your overall show in a way that people might be looking for. And if you can, making some episodes about particular things, but it's not very often that people will search for something like funny story about whatever thing, insert yeah. <laughs> news item right now. People won't always search for that, but you can use certain things to your advantage on the higher level. Like what is your podcast overall about that people might want to search for? Is it a comedy podcast for teenagers? Is it a, a podcast reviewing this particular TV show? Then make sure you use the name of that TV show as often as you can in your written text about yeah. your podcast. Yeah, I think you gave me the uh, title for this episode. It might be Profound Podcasting Secrets. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, you you brought up a great uh, point about having specific shows. You had a show targeted, a uh, podcast targeted about uh, a show on ABC. What was your experience having a very pinpointed podcast, like a very pinpointed fan base, um, you know, trying to reach them and make sure that, you know, you ask, not only are you now on a schedule where you have to watch the show and put out the content immediately after to make sure that they're listening when they, they're searching for it, um, but then you also have to deal with, you know, getting everyone in the fan base involved. What was your, you know, kind of uh, marketing strategy for that show going in? Were you on the message boards and, and places to get it out or what, what were you doing? Well, first of all, David, you can stop listening for a moment. Listener, I want to talk to you. What David mm -hmm. just did demonstrated to me that he did his homework on me. He did not ask me ahead of time, hey, what are all the podcasts you've hosted? What are the things you wanna talk about? He did his own research about me and just asked a really good question, pulling in from his insight that he got from research he did. So if you interview people, do what David just did. And instead of waiting on your guest to provide all that information, you can provide it. So, okay, back to you, David. <laughs> Uh, and I will say, what, I know it's about Once Upon a Time, and I, I watched one or two of the episodes, but full disclosure, I never got into the show. <laughs> yeah, so for that, what really worked for us is knowing the community. And yeah. that came from both listening to our audience as well as being active in other communities like Facebook groups, subreddits, following the Twitter hashtag and such, and just being fans of the show ourselves and having particular questions. And then we could write posts about those questions or raising those questions, offering different answers, because there was a lot of theorizing going on with that show, very similar to yeah. Lost. It was actually written by a couple of the people who also worked on Lost. And so it had a lot of hidden stuff to it, Easter eggs. And with that particular site, we did also have our own community, a forum on our site. And I think the age of forums is almost gone but it really helped us with our own SEO because a lot of the people in our community were posting forum threads asking those questions. Like, who is Dr. Whale? Was one of the things that was a big mystery in season one 
of the TV show, we wanted to know what fairy tale character was Dr. Whale. So many people posted in our forums about that. We did a whole episode about that. So when people searched the internet for questions to these theories or answers to these theories that they had or wanted to know, then our podcast often dominated the search results because not only were we talking about those things directly, but many of the people in our community were writing posts and asking questions, offering suggestions and answers too. I almost find it because, you know, I'm a fan of a few shows where I'm on Reddit and listen to the podcast. I almost find that the podcast and being part of the community is almost as fun as watching the show. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you almost get let down because there's so many theories and everything that's so amazing and it's so much fun to try to think. And I feel like uh, the biggest one that's happened to is like Game of Thrones, that it's hard to land the show. It's hard to you know, land a show and say, hey, you know, we lived up to the fandom's expectation. Um, do you find that as well? Like with when you're talking about uh, a small community really, really getting involved and really invested? Absolutely. And for us, that helped our community get tighter with each other because we would share these theories. We would praise each other with, wow, that's yeah. a great theory. It's a <laughs> shame they didn't actually do that. Or it's a shame that turned out to be wrong because it was such a good theory that happened a lot and it really helped our community get tighter together as well as when we nailed it on a theory yeah. then we could all celebrate that of wow you were great with that and i think that if you're hosting a podcast about a particular product service brand tv show something like that it's a particular thing owned by something else that can open up all kinds of potential for you as the podcast host because you might uh, show up on the radar for the people making that thing that they might yeah. either give you special access, open special opportunities for you, maybe even invite you onto their staff. We, for a while with our Once Upon a Time TV show fan podcast, we had this thing that we joked about. We'd say, hashtag hire the nerd, where <laughs> there were so many things in the show where they broke their own rules and the passionate fans could see that and i was one of those passionate fans but there was someone else in our community that was even more passionate and more in depth with a lot of things and they could say oh they just broke that rule that they set in episode three they broke it here in episode 75 and this is now inconsistent with this and that so that kind of thing can can be fun to talk about but it can also open up opportunities for that person or your podcast to have an actual relationship with whoever is making that thing so that you can point out those things or so that you get the early access. Like what we got for all seven years of the show was we got early access to press photos, to press releases, oh, as well awesome. as the DVDs and Blu-rays of each season so that we could talk about them and review them and get that information out to our audience. It didn't pay us, but we did get to have those fun, amazing opportunities as well. Oh, that's awesome. And I also feel like as you build, a, you know, your own community inside of a larger community, you know, then you also are able to see that uplift in your reviews and kind of people talking about your podcast and word of mouth. Obviously, one of your big projects is also my podcast reviews. Yeah. Um, and I have, I have a myth-busting question to ask you because I've heard it from both sides done a lot of research. Do reviews help your SEO uh, in the podcast players? 
your SEO. No. Your discoverability, just your ability, I, yeah. Yeah, SEO, uh, no, they don't. So what someone says in a review in the podcast apps, that is, does not help your SEO. Now, if you take that review and put it on your website, it might help your review. Or if you take something from that review and use it in your marketing, that might help your SEO. Uh, I think I said review earlier, I meant SEO or performance. But it doesn't directly help your ranking and in the charts as well. Now, one place, podchaser.com, which is kind of the IMDB of podcasts, has said that your reviews are factored into their ranking system. But Apple Podcasts for years would not confirm or would not say whether ratings or reviews helped your ranking, but a lot of tests and simply looking at the top charts could help confirm the idea that ratings and reviews are a byproduct of having a great podcast and a byproduct of having a popular podcast, but ratings and reviews did not by themselves make a podcast popular. And sure enough, it was maybe accidentally said, but it was covered recently by James Cridland, who writes for podnews.net, that Apple did in a response say, ratings and reviews are not considered, are not used for ranking a podcast, but what are, are subscriptions, particularly new subscriptions, as well as downloads and listens. And as soon as Apple Podcasts started tracking how much someone listens to an episode, which you can see in your own Apple Podcast stats yeah. to see 85% uh, completion rate on this episode, average completion rate, stuff like that. I started thinking they're probably going to use that as a new way to rank podcasts based on how much of the podcast is being listened to. This is the same thing YouTube does. And this is a reason why I'm so much against fake video on YouTube <laughs> is that it performs so badly, people abandon it so much. So on YouTube, their algorithm is very much how well does this video keep people on YouTube? How much are they watching of this video? And if they're watching the entire video, then it's probably a reasonable assumption that this is a good video and should therefore rank better. And it seems Apple Podcasts is applying that same thing to podcasts that if a lot of people are subscribing, that indicates that here the currency, although the language is changing to follow. So it exactly, indicates yeah. that the the currency of the podcast, the followers is increasing. So it's increasing in value in that way. And that Apple Podcasts can track in some places how much people are listening to each of the episodes. That's also factoring in to show that people really like this podcast. It may be two hours, three hours long, but they're listening to all two or three hours or however long it is. And therefore, it must be a really good podcast and that helps it climb up in the charts, but not ratings and reviews. What happened with YouTube now is people kind of draw out their point and wait until the very, very end to the, do the big reveal of why you clicked on to the video. So I hope that doesn't happen with podcasting yeah. where you know, they're like, okay, we have to keep them for a full episode to get our, our metrics up. Um, and of course, there's some gamification to, to how you get things to, to rank better. Um, it, it's, and it's, but it's hard. It's hard. I think everyone's trying to, you know, chasing those, those rankings, but there's also been some research done that, you know, having a, a podcast on the homepage of Apple gave some people uplift and other people didn't give them the uplift they want. Exactly. So there's definitely, uh, you know, not everything works for everyone. And that's kind of what I tell podcasters as well as 
there's no catch-all uh, strategy for how your podcast deal work. It's what works for you, your cadence, daily, weekly, monthly. Um, is it a guest? Is it yourself? Do you have a co-host? Because all the forms have worked in some shape or form for different people. You have to find what, uh, what works for you. It, um, it's kind of a matter or a difference of luck versus strategy. Like hoping and putting all of your hope that Apple Podcasts will feature you on the front page or that yeah. you'll rank better and therefore you'll get a lot of subscribers. That's really depending on luck because in some cases it does kind of seem like just random luck yeah. to, to, for that to contribute to success. But if you instead use a strategy and promote your podcast in appropriate places, maybe spend a little bit of money on some advertising in places or marketing your podcast better yourself, that strategy can give you much better long-term results and that can start to grow organically and exponentially over time. Daniel, one thing I'd love to ask my guests is what podcasts are you listening to nowadays? Well, I listen to many of the great podcasts about podcasting and I listen to some uh, comedy podcasts as well. I think my, my all-time favorite podcast that I, I love to tell people about because it appeals to many different people is called That Story Show at thatstoryshow.com. It's a clean comedy podcast for everyone ages 10 and up and they have great stories in there. It's clean, so it's family friendly. I laugh at it and uh, there have been many times in my life in the last couple of years where I've really needed to laugh and that show always delivers. It's my all-time favorite podcast. It's the kind of podcast that I save because I want to savor it. I listen at 1x speed to that podcast and I, I save it for sometimes when I'm doing those things that I hate doing like mowing the yard or shoveling snow, not on the same day of course, <laughs> but I, I use that podcast to make those other things more pleasant. So that's my all-time favorite podcast right now. Well, where can uh, my audience find you? Where can the listener find your content? Yeah, you can find my podcast and links to the other things I do at theaudacitytopodcast.com. So you can find the links to Podcast Industry Insights, my podcast reviews, my WordPress plugin, my courses, all of that's from there. And then I'm on social networks as The Daniel J. Lewis. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time today. You're very welcome. It was great to talk with you, David. Thank you so much for Daniel for being on the show. If you're interested in the projects he's working on, definitely go check him out. As for us, please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to follow us on all the podcasting platforms. We have a lot of exciting content coming up. If you're a podcaster, definitely check out Podio so that you can begin to monetize your content. We've been doing a lot of work on social. We've been posting more thought pieces on LinkedIn, being a little more active on Facebook as well. So be sure to reach out if you have any questions about the service. And I hope to see you next episode.